Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. everybody welcome aboard we're right on time today is tuesday september 5th 2023 hope you had a barbecue yesterday and put a burger on the barbie for omega man uh my friend how are you doing brother king i'm doing fine brother thank you lord amen all good praise how about yourself I'm, uh, as Granny used to say, I'm doing all right, son. I'm taking one day at a time with Jesus. Me and Jesus are doing all right. (laughs) (laughs) I miss my Uh, Granny. I'm going to see her one day. Uh, Praise the Lord. Everybody, welcome. And uh, we've got a great marathon for you. Starting now, it's an honor to be here with King Ran Ritchie. Just a quick announcement. A week back, we relaunched with Blog Talk Radio. We'd taken about a two-month break with them. I had to reset that account, but we're back. So if you're not able to listen on MixLR or our new IceCast server, which is an independent way to stream, censorship-free, hopefully, you can also now get back on Blog Talk. We're live every night, every day, rather, Blog Talk. And there's also a phone number for some of you that don't have a data minutes plan. And that phone number you can find on my website. Just go to omegamanradio.com, write it down, and if you ever get in a, a jam and have no Wi-Fi, but you got a phone, you can listen in at 515-602-9734. Okay. Well, Brother King, would you like to open us in prayer? Yes, sir, I will. Father, in the name of Jesus, Yeshua, the Holy One of Israel, we just thank you for your goodness to us, your your love for us, your great salvation plan. (laughs) Thank you that you so loved the world. You send your only begotten son that all who would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. We thank you for it, Lord, that you regard man as valuable. And we give you all the glory and honor and praise. 
for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, we can say your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in our hearts as it is in heaven. Let us all that are born again really understand that we are seated in heavenly places with you, Lord, and help us, mold us, shape us, change us, that um, we would be holy because you're holy. And we would walk and desire to walk in the righteousness that you've granted us and to be salt and light in the earth and difference makers, Lord. And we thank you for authority over all the power of the enemy. And we bind a strong man. I bind the strong man assigned against me and my bloodline. And um, Shannon, his bloodline and every listener and everyone in the future. And we just thank you, Lord that you're a big God. I thank you for uh, that mind-blinding spirits are bound, deaf and dumb spirits are bound, heart-binding spirits are bound, antichrist spirits are bound, that that, uh, Leviathan would be bound in the name of Jesus, every spirit hindering, learning, hearing, being taught, and the pulling down of strongholds. And and the and every spirit that would hinder the deliverance is bound in Jesus' name. And I just thank you, Lord, that you come and get yourself all the glory and all the honor and all the praise that you deserve as you change our lives from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I say amen to that. Now, we've got this hour together. And, uh, Brother King, what's the Lord put on your heart for today? We're just going. We're going to talk about rejection. The mic is yours. And Take it away. Healing from rejection. So rejection is one of Satan's most effective forms of oppression. It can keep a sinner from coming to God for salvation and a Christian from reaching his or her full potential. It undermines, breaks, and prevents normal and harmonious relations between family members, marriage partners, workers, friends. It it even stops you from meeting a new friend. It stops people from being able to be a bold witness. If if you have a, listen, rejection, fear of man, they're best friends. Okay, they're tied together. So, So if you have a fear of man, you have a real fear of being rejected. And and so are we able, I always ask people, are you able to minister to somebody at the Walmart? Are you able to hear somebody say something is um, destructive in their life? Are you able to minister to life to them? Or are, are you afraid? And let's be real. Are you afraid? Because if you're afraid, it's because there's some places in your heart that you're not healed and you have a fear of them not receiving It can distort our image of God as a loving Heavenly Father who loves us and only wants the best for us. The dictionary definition of rejection is an act of throwing away or discarding someone or something. It can imply a lack of value in the person or thing thrown away. Being rejected makes us feel valueless or worthless. Being denied love is at the root of rejection, whether it's active passive, real, or imaginary, and it robs Jesus Christ of his rightful position as the Lord in the lives of his children. And it keeps believers from experiencing the vitality and the quality of life that Christ alone can give. 
Rejection results in a wounding of the heart. It's sometimes so painful that the mind refuses to deal with it. So it's buried in the subconscious. In the worst case, and you know, it listen, so there are some very traumatic things that happen. And and sometimes that is physical in the case of rape or sexual abuse or verbal or beatings, but sometimes it's just the form of a word from somebody that hurts so deep that a personality could be split and become bipolar even. Bipolar, manic depressed, all those things are protective devices that a human employs to protect themselves from hurts and wounds. In the worst case, people get so split that we call that multiple personalities. And and that multiple personality is that people go into hiding places and the ones that are the, the, the most abused and the most battered might have 200 hiding places. That's just with people that weren't satanically ritual abused. Of course, there are people that are split on purpose by other other people that are wicked. But I want you to know today that you're not rejected by the Lord. The Lord loves you. He doesn't reject anybody that will come to him. A large majority of those that come for prayer are suffering from rejection. I would tell you that everybody has been affected by rejection. So let me ask you some questions. How do you feel about yourself? I have a list here, if and I'm gonna I'm gonna read it out to you. in In my teaching here, it says circle anyone that applies, but you can circle it in your mind, or you can write it down. Do you have a low self image? Self condemning. Do you feel worthless? Inferior. Starved for love? Unworthy? Are you an approval seeker? Do you always have to have somebody patting you on the back? Are you self-accusing? Can you give love to people? Are your relationships terminated and short, no lasting relationships? Are you insecure? Do you have self-hatred? Do you say this? Do you believe you're a failure? Do you question your identity? Are you promiscuous? See, oftentimes, a lot of times, girls that didn't have a daddy that loved them are going from man to man to man, seeking the love of a man, never finding it because there's no peace in that. There's no peace in doing things that aren't God's ways. And there's there's temporary satisfaction followed by another pattern of rejection. Do you have fear of rejection? Are you self-rejecting? Do you have trouble accepting love? Do you have internal hurt and pain? Are you earning your value or acceptance by being good or by hard work? And nothing wrong being good. We're supposed to be good. Be holy because I'm holy. But you do that because you love God, not because you're trying to get accepted by him. Are you working, 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 even for people? Wanting them to accept you instead of understanding you're loved by God and your your hard work should be an offering done because it's under service of the Lord, not for people to applaud us. 
Do you have a withdrawn personality? Are you constantly trying to please others? Do you have an agony or a conflict within yourself? Do you display a facade? Do you have trouble loving your spouse? Are you in a place you don't even know who you are? Do you feel abandoned? Are you feeling depressed? Are you heavy? Let's look at some root causes. It can be from numerous sources, any and all of these sources. There's heritage rejection, what you inherit. Generational rejection, again. Heritage can be what was imparted to you by your folks. Generational just comes down your bloodline. There's the timing and manner of your conception. Are, are you born under a bastard curse? Was there perversion? Were you, were you born in lust or love? Were you conceived in lust or love? The events and the attitudes of your mother and father during pregnancy, did they rejoice that there was a baby in the womb? Or were they, was it regrettable and resented? Were words spoken? There are things that happen that a child can hear from the womb. If, if there was abortion contemplated, a spirit of abortion, even a spirit of murder, a spirit of suicide can come in on the child along with rejection and abandonment and fear. Rejection can be caused by the manner of birth. If a child was born and had a cord around its neck or um, death trying to come in, or, the, or if the child it has to be removed from its mother and can't be skin to skin. Let me tell you something. The first thing they do with babies is put eye salve in their eyes and they don't get a clear picture of their mother and father. And there is a a, a setting when, when a baby is born, they're supposed to touch, see, feel their mother and smell their mother and their father. She's supposed to be on a mother's breast and that baby's supposed to see. Listen, if, if you're wise, listen, hear me. Babies were born a long, long time before the medical field. I'm not against the medical field per se. There's a lot wrong in the way we do things. A birth should be a natural event. I mean, it's I saw a deal uh, um, just a little while back, and the people, and it's a community of people that are that are living together and farming together and working together and doing what life's supposed to be, serving God, and more, and and even though many of them have work, they're still working the land. They're doing what they need to do. But they decide they're going to have their babies at home. And here's why. You go out of your culture and environment into a complete another culture to have a baby. But unless there's something wrong in advance, and I'm not condemning anybody, but I think we've gotten off. But hear me. It might be wise to tell them, if you even are in the hospital and going to do it, don't put that ice in my baby's eyes. And if, you, if you're hearing me, all these programs that are uh, meant to put things in their bodies to keep them from getting disease, uh, we're doing great harm. It's not helping. So the baby doesn't bond with the mother or father for many reasons. If there was a sickness and the baby's carried away, that bonding doesn't happen. Now, the Lord can and does create bonds that should have been there from the beginning that did not develop with prayer. So know that. If you got a child that was taken away from you by sickness or 
uh, are premature and and had to stay in the incubator or whatever in the, in ICU and was away from you when it should have been with you and it should have been home with you, then you pray for God to break the power and you you command any demons that came into that child that made it feel abandoned or neglected or rejected and if that was you. You command these things to go and accept the love of the Father. There can be rejection causes after birth. There, There is a, an adopted child, and it's forced to live with relatives or in a foster home, to live in a different culture. Hear, hear me. In the, the Hebrew mentality, an orphan had either both parents or one parent missing. Even one parent. How many homes are fatherless in our nation? How many homes are a product of divorce? It brings an orphan spirit. Every orphan has rejection. Even those babies adopted and raised by wonderful, wonderful Christian parents those orphans still carry the rejection. They still carry the traits even and will and without deliverance, most of the time default to whatever they're, especially if, you know, things happen, people die. That's one thing. But when there's parents that default because of drugs, the alcohol, the rebellion, their own rejection, these children often default there when they get grown. Because everybody needs deliverance. Problems in school, teachers or schoolmates cause rejection. Their, their rejection causes problems within a marriage. Let's talk about heritage rejection. Satan's the father of rejection. I mean, first of all, he rejected God. He said, I, I'm going to ascend above the throne of God. He rejected God's love and God's grace and God's uh, responsibility that was placed on him. And he saw himself to be bigger. Then he decided that he was going to, because he hated that Adam and Eve were put on this earth in order to take dominion over it. So he comes and he deceives Adam and Eve, and they rejected God. As a result, God had to reject them from the position they were in, which was complete glory, and he had, they were became cursed. The ground became cursed. They were forced to leave the garden. Pain came in childbirth. Eve was put in subjection to man because there has to be order when there's not harmony and perfect harmony. There would have been perfect harmony in the garden had Adam stood up for Eve. There would have been perfect harmony in the garden had Adam done what he was supposed to do, but he didn't. But I always tell people, don't act like you wouldn't have done it too, because Adam was far greater, far superior to us in intellect and abilities. The serpent was very crafty. God no longer took walks with them in the garden like he did. Now, he didn't abandon them, and he made the plan, and we give glory for the plan, which is Christ. Every child... Born to Adam and Eve have a problem. <laughs> so all the way down here, we have inherited sin. We have the original sin, the hereditary sin. The whole human race has a sinful nature. And with it comes the curse of rejection. With it comes the penalty of spiritual death. 
that has come down generation after generation after generation. Look at Cain. He was rebellious, argumentative, disobedient, defiant. He did not offer appropriate sacrifice, even though he knew what to do. He rejected God, and God had to reject him. But the Lord told him before he ever killed Abel, you know what to do. If you do it, you will be accepted. You know to do well if you do it. But he told him sin crouches at the door. This entity called sin, this being called sin crouches at the door, and it desires you. But Cain failed to test. Murder came in. So he was angry, then there was hatred for his brother, then there was murder. And that's the sequence. And listen, but before the anger, the hatred, and murder was the rejection. Both Cain and Abel were born with hereditary rejection, but it was Cain that appeared to be more effective. Because of his decision and that murder, this curse came, and it's called a Cain syndrome. I mean, that's a good label for it. He had self-pity. He accused God of overreacting. There was a fear of rejection, victimization, death, and abandonment. Read Genesis 4, 13 and 14. It helps us understand the range of symptoms. Then there's generational. We see from above that we all have it. But then there's what you actually inherit from your immediate bloodline. Your generational sin comes in in Exodus 20 and 5. It says, I, the Lord, thy God, I, Jehovah, thy God, are a jealous Elohim, are a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children under the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me. So this is passed on from generation to generation. And I'm going to tell people, I tell people this, you know, People say, well, it ends after four generations. Well, how does it end if nobody ever repents and gets delivered? It's just perpetual. It stacks and it stacks and it stacks and it stacks. So so if I don't ever repent and get delivered, well, I got, you know, the all the way four back behind me. And then those four back behind the then then my son has the four back behind me and then his son would have the four back behind him and it just goes on and on and on passed on unless we come to confession our sin and and repent and turn from our sin and cast these demons out and break the cycle of death the cycle of rejection here are specific ways rejection can begin. I spoke them earlier. One or both parents did not want to conceive. Parents are not married. There could be a a one-night fling that caused it. The young mother could have been very young. There could be a lack of financial resources. You could have been uh, even uh, conceived in rape, abuse, incest. Your parents could have been listening to things that were poorly listened to like the music the ungodly things you could have felt the love of your mother you failed to be able to learn your father and mother's voice in the womb or worse yet the voice were unholy voices maybe your mother smoked listen to me 
Because intent means a lot. The demons take advantage of everything. So here's a mother, knows she's got a baby, knows that that smoking would damage the baby. If that's you, you're forgiven now. We're not condemning anybody. But let's turn that on. But knowing there's a baby in the womb to take in these harmful substances like alcohol or drugs or to smoke marijuana or smoke cigarettes, that's a rejection of the value of that child. There could be birth trauma. Personality traits can be formed in the womb. If my child doesn't get nursed, let me tell you something. A child is supposed to be in its mother's breast. And because that's the way God made it. And yeah, there are cases somebody doesn't provide milk. That That's one thing. And then really, if it's because of the curse and because of sin, because the mother's body's made to make milk. You got to look at the reasons why that's happening. That and but a child then is unnurtured. So our friend Jerry McGee often said, had people said, "If I forgive my mom for not breastfeeding me, because there was not the nurturing that was there." And what we've done is because of our society of convenience, then what is meant to be isn't. If there was extreme anger. At a young age, or even at conception and in the womb. If the father's not there, the mother's fear can transfer into a child. There can be a guilt and a feeling of guilty even in the womb placed on a child when it hears and senses that the parents didn't want it there. So, but it is a rejected, uh, guilty self hatred even from the womb. The child may not even want to be under the mother's hands when she touches her stomach. I spoke of the attempted abortions, the drugs, the alcohol, the ambivalence. They just really wish they didn't have a child. Turmoil in the home. So what happens after a child is born and their little baby and they continuously cry because they don't feel loved and they're unwanted. So, so in, and if there's no comfort coming from mother and father, then then you have a continuous crying and a on and a and a just rejection upon a rejection. Sometimes the child is rejected, will then refuse a the mother's breast, refuse a mother's comfort. It, it actually can feel guilty for being in the womb. It senses it's not wanted. It senses it is a burden to its parents. That person can grow up striving to pre to always please. It can refuse attention. It flips and it flops different ways. Somebody's striving to please all the time. The other one doesn't want anybody to touch it. Some people wish they haven't born, been born. Some people can never bond with anybody. They never fully bond with their husband. They never fully bond with their wife. They never fully bond with their children. They can't keep friends. The birth is supposed to be through the birth canal. And because of sin in the world and sin in ourselves, then some children are born with C-sections and and, and 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 the pregnancies aren't healthy like they're supposed to be. They can be protracted labor. Well, this isn't condemn anybody, but let's be real and let's undo what the enemy caused with our 
prayers of repentance and forgiveness. The mother had an illness, separates the child. Medical disorders causing feeding problems. So let's look at some other causes of rejection. Um, the love deficit, being compared to another child, never feeling good enough, abuse, criticism, imparted fear, being my fear of how you look. Some families, some folks, it's all about how they look. The externalism, no reality. That no, no, no realness outside because everything has to be perfect because we can't have any failures. What will people think? Physical deformities. Earning love by performing. Even coming to know that a brother and sister was lost to abortion. And, and the enemy is so good. It's like a. The soldiers that go off to war and they fight and they live and they feel guilty because they lived and their friends died. The enemy putting that on them. Look at some of these, just some things that have happened in the past. Well, by the way, divorce of parents causes a problem. In World War II, England built orphanages for children whose moms died and whose dads were at war. One third of the children died for no reason. Their heart quit operating. They were broken hearted. Others did not grow, would not eat. Their head grew, but not their body. They looked like little old men and women with gray skin. They lacked love. They had to call young British women in to hold them, rock them and feed them. And this confirmed it was that they, they realized the need for our love is even greater than our need for food and survival. So what happens as we move on down the road as we get older? Then here, rejection, it believes lies. Others tell them and they tell themselves. It can be a place where it said, I must please God or he won't like me. And, and, and here's the deal. Yes, we want to please God. But if you think that your works are what makes him love you, then that means when you have good works, you're loved. And when you mess up, you're not loved. But he so loved the world. <laughs> to save sinners. And Jesus said, I didn't come to... I did not come to condemn the world, but to save it. And the word says, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Maybe you were never affirmed for your own sake, but only for your accomplishments. Maybe there was praise without information. There was no, listen, there is a value that people need to know. We need to tell people we love them and value their person, not just their activities. And most haven't been taught that. Most parents in our world haven't been shown that. There can be shame over your body. And there can be the resorting to addictions or mood-altering techniques such as eating, TV, work, exercise, religion, alcohol, religious performance. Pushing that rejection down. Sometimes people... People with rejection, let's just say it, and most people have to have self-hatred cast out of them. 
if you had any parental problems, I mean, there are some people that have really good parents, but few and far in between, and even they hurt their children, and the devil's able to get in there and get some strongholds, lest they unless they get delivered, they stay. But what about those that hate themselves? They curse parts of their body or they gain weight. There are some women, listen, that gain weight so they're not attractive to males. They get molested so they don't want anybody looking at them, and they'll gain weight on purpose. So no male wants a party. Now listen, listen to me. That's a lie. God has somebody for everybody. And some people are big, some people are small. We should all want to be healthy and at a healthy weight, but you're not more important or less important, whether, you, whether you're uh, a big or little in size, whether you're overweight or perfect weight or whatever, you're not more important. You're not more valuable for that. Yes, we should want to be healthy and, and do our best for this body. But if your value is based on what you perceive, listen, the body's a tent. It's going to go away. It's not your value. It's not. It should be cared for, but it's not your value. God didn't, he didn't come to give our flesh eternal life. No flesh inherits the kingdom of heaven. Maybe you were caused to live with parents. I met a couple and they had both been, the, the man, they're a wonderful couple. And the Lord did one of the most sweetest deliverances I've ever been a part of with this particular couple. Both of them were orphaned. But the, the man was orphaned because he had parents, but they had more children than they could take care of. So he was forced to go live with an aunt. So he was rejected from living with his family. And, and even though the aunt was loving, it was a deep-seated re- re- rejection. It made him an orphan. And I, I, if I'm recalling, he'd said the words, you know, I don't want a bunch of children in my family. I don't, I don't want any more children in my family, you know, because of what happened. And that couple been trying to have a baby for 16 years. And we prayed for this couple, and it was a glorious deliverance. And God undid all that mess and started and did a glorious work. And do you know what? It wasn't a few months later they conceived, and they've got a beautiful baby, I believe, two years old today. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Have you hated yourself? Are you cursing yourself? If you're adopted or forced to live with somebody that's not your parents or in a foster home, you have those feelings of abandonment, rejection, fear of rejection. What if you were of one ethnic background and brought up in a different culture? See, now, listen, God, (laughs) let me just say this. The Lord never talks about race in his Bible. He talks about tongues and tribes and nation. Race is a man-made separator. (laughs) Okay. It's a man-made separator, devilishly inspired. You got the continent of Africa 
it's got so many tribes and tongues and nations, and yet we we call all black people African Americans when they they could be Nigerian Americans and they could be South African Americans. And I mean, and it's the same way all across the board. It is a man-made division according to color. And God said tongues and tribes and nations. And and yet, at, at, at some point, uh, let me just say this, all of God's people's barriers according to color, tongues, tribes, nations should be gone when as far as all of us are concerned in our love one for another. You're born again, and if you have hatred in your heart for anybody of another tongue, anybody of another tribe, anybody of another nation, anybody of another pigmentation, you got a problem. You need some deliverance. But God separated nations at Babel because... Man would do anything he wants to, and man would have already destroyed man. So we can thank God he did that. And so all these attempts at this new world order and putting everything together are all trying to undo what God did. And I got news for you. They'll go so far, and then it's going to stop in his tracks. He will stop it again. So when a a person is adopted or living a foreign, uh, listen, there's a whole nation and they seem to be functioning. But think about it. I was over in Denmark and those people, all of their children get sent off to boarding school. They get to a certain age. I think it's like fourth or fifth grade equivalent to us. They go to boarding school and they spend the next five years going to boarding school. They're, They're gone away from home more than they're there. And I'm going to tell you something. Even our school system, I mean, the, the more your eyes get open to what's been done to us, the more you'll see is, is they know that in 12 years they can impart a different mindset unto people. And we have, and I'm not saying teachers are bad. There's lots of good, God-fearing, loving teachers, but we've got a system that's meant to indoctrinate people, and it's worked. And it's gotten the kids away from home. God in these last days is going to be listened to me. He's bringing his people back together and they're going to be in community together, not separated like we have been. Not families, not the body of Christ. An adopted person may not know much about their parents. And then I'm just telling you this. Don't wait until the child is 10, 11, 12, 13 years old to tell them they're adopted. You've, it's, you've been living a lie. And, and, it, it, and they, they deep inside already know. And then this lie is there and then it's like an ambush. So why not start teaching them when they're four or five years old that, that they are adopted and that you chose them? See, because adopted kids are always chosen. They're never, listen, no child is an accident. My wife was told she was an accident by her family, by all these people. Praise God. At the end of the day, her mother on her deathbed said, you were my blessing. There had been a lot of abuse, a lot of hurt, a lot of rejection as they were older when she was born. But and, and so the Lord gave her that from her mother. But no human that has the breath of life put them in by God, put in them by God is an accident. But 
the enemy will make them feel that way and people's words will make them feel that way. She would have people that say, well, you you were born and these are people in her family said it like they killed your mother and father because they weren't they didn't want you. Now, you know what that did to my wife? It took her a long. I mean, it took the power of God to change the damage that that did. But if that was ever spoken to you, if you ever felt that way, then forgive. So the orphans, I said earlier, they got rejection. They got fear of rejection. There can be spirits of the orphan, abandonment, fatherlessness, vagabond, rejection, confusion. There is almost every case there's going to be the anger and abandonment issues, fear, tension, anxiety, shame, confusion, hatred, guilt. There can be lack of security, not being adequately matured or supported. There can be a loss of identity and question their right to living in order to belong. They think something's wrong with them. Listen, this is this is for children that don't even know they're adopted. But if you're going to love on them, Love them. Tell them the truth early on. But listen, do deliverance. I've got a thing on my website, ChristOutreachOklahoma.com. It's a battle plan for orphans. ChristOutreachOklahoma.com, battle plan for orphans. But the way that's laid out, you're standing in the gap for your child's bloodline parents. And and that that that's either place you need to stand in the gap. Then there's a battlefield battle plan for children on there for the bloodline parents. But it is a thorough deliverance renunciation. Why not do that? Walk through it. Renounce. Cast the demons out of yourself. And then after you've done that, you have stood in the gap for your child. Now you can even do it while they're asleep. You start commanding those demons to come out of your child and get them cleansed thoroughly. And that's, that's orphan or natural. Cleanse these kids. Person can have a loss of identity, question their right to live or belong. Bound by lies, they might think they're ugly. Junk, mistake. They can respond to life with aggressive anger, rebellion, or withdrawing in fear and isolation. That prayer is a, it has, it, it's, it's as if you sat in front of me and I took you through a two hour deliverance. It is that thorough. Everything you need is there to have confidence that you have plundered the enemy and then you start kicking the demons out. So here's some other things. How about a child who is criticized, over disciplined, victimized, ignored, or treated as a favorite? Or somebody else was favored. Parents, listen, don't confront your children in front of the other children. I mean, don't do your, you you might do a little bit, hey, you need to do that. But when you got to correct, you take the child off and do it with you and that child. It's not everybody else's business. And don't talk about the other, listen. Don't talk about the other children in front of your children. You're doing great harm to their souls, and you're showing them how to gossip. You're showing your children how to gossip. The the other children don't need to know why 
you know, they can see the bad behavior, but they don't need to be a part of your discipline process. If you ain't figured it out, they'll tell on each other and lie on each other anyway. Don't talk about separation or divorce. Parents that do that, when children hear that, their their security is thrown out the door. Parents fighting one another in front of their children. If, if a father is stern, legalistic, and over-disciplinarian, yeah, you need to be real. There's, there's. Uh, listen, you need to let, as a parent, uh, gay needs to be gay and nay needs to be nay. And if you tell a child if you do that, you're going to be corrected. Do not fail to correct them. And never let a child backtalk you without correction. Ever. But you don't have to do any correction in anger. If you're doing it in anger, you've lost control of your spirit and it'll pass on to your children. Weak-willed fathers who are dominated by their wives, Jezebel, Ahab situations in a home. If you have an alcoholic father or mother, Sometimes there's a sick brother or sister or sibling or even a rebellious brother or sister. And that rebellious child gets all the attention because the parents are focused on trying to help that one. They're trying to get this one in order and they don't pay any attention to the one that behaves. And it's like the one I I have ministered to people. We've ministered to people that have said, I finally started rebelling so I could get attention too. Tricks of the enemy. Words that hurt. Falsely accused. Every parent has probably falsely accused one of their child children of doing something. When you know you've messed up, you accuse one of doing something the other one did. Go fix it and tell them you're sorry. Perhaps one of the most important things a parent can do before their children is live a real repentant transparent life and not a life of pride and I'm the parent and I'm the, you know, listen, you are the boss, you are the authority, but if you blow it, if you sin, show your children how to confess and repent. Be real and tell them you're sorry if you blew it and ask them to forgive you. Teach and, and, and teach your children that when somebody, even between them, hear me, somebody does something wrong between two little children, Teach them not to say it's okay. Teach them to say, I forgive you. Because the sin wasn't okay. So we don't want to say it's okay. We want to say, I forgive you. And I love you. Sometimes people are taken away to jail. Parents are taken away to jail. Sometimes natural disaster happens. Sometimes... Look, don't bribe your children to get them to do good behavior. (laughs) Don't do that. Oftentimes, that swaps in so their bad behavior gets them rewarded because they're just by the flesh doing, you know, don't bribe them to do good behavior. Give them incentive that is always there and let them let then you're able to bless them. There can be severe or cruel punishment. Sickness can separate people. 
There can be the wanting of a child of the opposite sex. And oftentimes little girls end up acting like boys and little men end up acting like girls. And we got transgender issues and some of it boils back to what the parents wanted. And they were disappointed because the child wasn't what gender they wanted. Do you have a nickname that you were called that was unholy and not good? And, and, and rejection can come in through speech impediments and birth defects and just feeling that you don't measure up. There can be shame and embarrassment over even over your sex. There can be poverty in the home. Unhealthy early sexual experiences bring rejection. The abortions in the bloodline bring rejection. I spoke that earlier. Self-condemnation after a moral failure. Everybody falls short of the glory of God. When you're born again, listen to me. And you had your failures in the past too, but when you're born again, there's things I tell people, never lament your past. You can't change it. It's a total waste of time. You confess your sin. You cast the demons out. You tell God you're sorry. You repent. You turn from that sin and you don't walk in it anymore by his grace. You can't do it without him. He won't do it without you. You have to purpose in your heart not to sin anymore. When you do sin, the Bible says, If you say you have no sin, you make God a liar. That means you're saying God is lying. He's not a liar, but you're saying he is because you say you have no sin. And, And then it says, but if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father. And then 1 John 1 and 9 says that Jesus forgives us and cleanses us of all unrighteousness if we tell him. So when I go to him after I have sinned, then I have to accept him at his word that I'm cleansed and I can't waller in that. Now, if I'm doing it flippantly, he knows. And our hearts will condemn us because we didn't really mean it. It wasn't a heart issue. Oh, God, I've sinned against you and you alone. That's what it should be. You should be saying, God, I've sinned against you and I love you and I don't want to do that. Lord, grant me godly sorrow and help me. That. That's the attitude. If, if you're not meaning it, it don't count anyway. But once you've done that, you don't let that devil pound you with guilt. Don't let him do it. Those demons will keep the guilt stacked on top of you, and they'll stack guilt on top of guilt on top of guilt. You could have been bullied in school. Could have been called names. Could have had hearing problems, sight problems. Your your achievements of an older brother or sister being held up. Why can't you be like your brother? Why can't you be like your sister? Relationships, broken engagements. Just don't like you. There can be an infidelity on the part of the spouse. It can cause in the inability of partners to communicate. Spouses can't talk. One says one thing, one hears another. You can have a control inner stingy spouse. You need to pray for them. Now, listen, as I'm saying these things, if it's somebody else done anything to you, you have to forgive them. You have to. There can be when parents divorce and they split the children or they use the children against each other. 
It can be there's a spouse that refuses sexual relations. A spouse could have a long-term disease and you feel rejected of God because you, you don't feel like you're getting help. He loves you. I tell people, listen, and this is the truth. You have to decide that God is good. You have to decide that God is just. You have to decide that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek them. And you have to ask him for grace not to give up and fight and fight and fight. By his grace, the good fight of faith. There can be barrenness. I told you a story about a barren couple. Orphans, rejected, too many children in the family, the words he spoke out of his mouth, and then they have a baby now. Because God reversed all that rejection. He got everything out of her womb that he needed to. He got everything out of him that was blocking. He listened to, if you and I'm I'm just gonna say this. If you're spilling your seed on the ground as a male, you're masturbating, it's a form of abortion. You're having trouble having children. You might ought to re- look at that and see if you've repented and break that curse of the seed eater. And then if there's a place in the woman that she that that she um, we all need to be cleansed. But then in their past or inherited, there can be a seed eater in the womb that's eating the man's seed before it ever gets to the egg. We break all that in Jesus name. Rarely is there a single cause for rejection. Most of us have been wounded in many ways. It's multi-layered. And so when we talk about what he had a spirit of rejection or she had a spirit of rejection, they might have had 20 spirits of rejection because there was a rejection in the womb and one spirit came in. There's rejection at birth and and within in, in another spirit or sets of spirits came in. And there could be a rejection at this wounding or that wounding or that trauma or this trauma. And you can have layers and layers of rejections and even demons of rejections. The ultimate rejection is deciding you want to die. You reject the gift that God gave you of your own life. And you reject the value of your life so much that you decide that you want to take it. So if you have a covenant made with death, then that can be that covenant with death can be from simply saying the words, I wish I was dead. I'd be better off dead. You'd be better off without me. You got a spirit of death now that you've given permission to try to destroy you, to try to kill you. And if you're alive today, listening by the grace of God, he's kept you alive so you can renounce those things. Tell God you're sorry. You want to live and you want to thrive and give yourself permission. You give God permission to tear down the walls you built up. You give him permission to listen and you renounce the demons you partnered with that were your defenders. Demonic defensive mechanisms. Devices, demons that you partner with to protect you from further rejection. You don't want them to say, I don't want you. I only want the protection of the Holy Spirit. I trust God that if I'm ever hurt to heal me, you have to let him remold you, remake you and heal your heart to the point where you can be healed. So let's just prepare our hearts and let's pray.
Let's do it this way. Let's start here. I forgive everyone. My ancestors, my father, my mother, all of my ancestors on both sides. I forgive my siblings, all of my friends, everyone that ever hurt me. I forgive myself. And I want you to take a moment and I want you to, to to treat you like you're sitting right across from you. And it would be like this. I forgive you, Randy, for being a whoremonger. I forgive you, Randy, for taking drugs. I forgive you, Randy, for not being the best parent you can be. See, I would, I'm king. I'm, I'm King Rand Ritchie. Some call me Randy. So I forgive you, King. For being prideful. So I would come and talk to myself. Just like you talk. Listen we forgive people specifically. We all know to do that. But I'm telling you. we need You need to forgive yourself specifically. Not just a blanket. I forgive myself. And, I'm, and just take a moment to do that. And this can go beyond the time we have. Our time is limited here. But take a moment to forgive yourself. And now start saying these words with me. Father, I agree that my life was not and is not a mistake. Father, I believe that I was made, you made me out of love. God, you called me into being. It was the right time and the right place. God, you prepared a way. God, you gave me my life as a gift to me. I agree that I am a privilege and a joy and not a burden and a disappointment. I ask you, Father, to destroy the lies of my childhood. I bring to the cross every destructive attitude and expectation. Lord, I receive your love pouring out on me, your child. Lord, I ask you to breathe a fresh breath of life into my spirit. I invite you, Lord, to help me grow into the fullness of life. Lord, I ask you to heal me and my inner man from my wounds, from those who wounded me. And my own self-inflicted wounds. Lord, I do forgive myself for all negative responses and attitudes. Lord, I receive the healing love of Jesus pouring into my wounded spirit. Lord, I ask you to grant me gifts of trust, rest, and peace. The shalom of God. I ask that my entire being be integrated with wholeness and harmony. From the Most High God. Father, I thank you that I break the power of unrighteous habits and patterns in Jesus' name. I break the power of the generational inequity of rejection and fear and abandonment and anger and resentment and regret. Self-hatred. I command these evil spirits to leave. In Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, that I am a child of the Most High. 
in the name of Jesus. And I command these spirits to go. As my brother calls them out, I command these spirits and all like spirits to go in Jesus' name. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath in and out of your mouth. Don't hyperventilate. The Lord will deliver you. He's forcing them out. You're just agreeing, but take a breath. Come on out. I bind the strong man assigned against them. I command rejection to go, self-rejection to go, fear of rejection to go, self-condemnation to go, lack of self-worth to go, unworthy to go, fear of failure. Go, 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 go. Loneliness, perceived rejection, abandonment, orphan. Pastor, I break your power in the name of Jesus. All the pain, all the guilt, all the shame in the name of Jesus. Go, 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 go. Every dark force, go in the name of Jesus. Let them go in the name of Jesus. I break the power of the unholy programming, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you grant them a new default. We break ungodly soul ties with all people that rejected them. And break the ungodly blood covenants with all the people that inflicted trauma on them. We break all that. Send all foreign souls where they belong. Call their souls back to them covered in the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God. We pull their feet. I pull them out of the grave right now in Jesus' name. I break the power of every negative thought and word spoken. I thank you, Lord, for trimming the thorns in their brain, grown by the terrible confessions that have been made from their mouth. And I Thank you for crop failure on the works of the enemy, and I give you glory. You fill them with your love, and you heal people today, spirit, soul, and body. I speak life to their spirit, man, life to their souls, life into their body. Shalom, shalom, shalom. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. Great teaching today. Healing from rejection. Brother King. Uh, give out your contact information. How do people reach you in the ministry? So uh, our website is ChristOutreachOklahoma.com. ChristOutreachOklahoma.com. You can also go on a shortcut there. King, K-I-N-G, Richie, R-I-C-H-E-Y.com. That's lowercase, KingRichie.com. And there you can find our email, which is uh, Christ Outreach okay at gmail.com on the website we do uh, we do set up appointments um, and as time permits we do personal deliverance there's a schedule of an appointment there you can also find us on a YouTube channel that we have videos King and it's Space Richie King Space Richie and you can find our YouTube channel and um and even my phone number is on the website. And if you send me a text, I'll respond to it. And uh, that'd be the best way. If you call and leave a message, I'll, I'll respond that way too. But uh, follow it up with a text. And uh, we do follow up with people. We love people. And we want to see people walk in the fullness of the destiny God has for their life by being free. Listen, one last thing. If you're having a problem in your life, you got to look. Where am I affected holding off the love of God holding him off because he's pouring it out where am I affected by not loving me and where am I affected in not loving my neighbor you clear that up and you'll walk in the goodness and grace of God all the days of your life in Jesus name Amen Brother King we Amen. appreciate you great word yes, thank sir. you for coming on and we'll see you again real soon thank you Shannon God bless you my friend God bless you 
Folks, let me save this. We'll be right back. Every time we do a show, uh, we just save and then refresh. Stand by. <laughs> 